centuries ago, the psalmist said, this is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Mark Williams, and I am the senior minister here at Naples UCC. Welcome to all in worship with us in person, and welcome to all who are connecting with us online, especially the communities at Bentley Village and Arbor Trace. Minister for Congregational Care. I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean, and we are really humbled and thrilled to have you worshiping with us on this beautiful Sunday morning. Again, those in person and joining us remotely. We'd love to ask you to register your attendance with us. So if you're here in the sanctuary, there are blue attendance pads at the end of your pews. If you could take a moment to fill it out with your contact information and then pass it to your neighbor, we would really appreciate that. And if you're worshiping with us online, write your name in the comments section. Tell us where you are this morning. And while you're there, if you'd like to, you can click on a link which will pull up a PDF of our bulletin so that you can follow along with our service order. Um, We have a few announcements to bring to your attention today. There's more and more things going on in the life of our church as our season starts to pick up. And one of those things is happening this morning. We are starting our Serve and Grow series. This has been organized by our Membership and Growth Committee. And every Sunday after church from now for many months, I think through January or February, a, different, a few different ministries in our congregation will be highlighted in the gathering place after worship. So every Sunday after worship for the next few months, there will be tables and you can learn about different ministries in the life of our church because there are so many small groups and activities going on. We wanted to figure out how to give them more visibility. So this is something our membership and growth committee is trying. And today's theme is growth and fellowship. So the ministries that are out in the gathering place today are Men's New Chapter Spirituality Group, which is an incredible group and is very meaningful for those men who participate. They meet every week. Um, We also have Walk and Wonder, which is a wonderful walking group that meets um, and experiences fellowship and prayer and reflection out in nature. And we also have the Naples UCC Book Club. Um, And I know that's a very popular gathering as well. And they meet hybrid. So even if you're online, you can be part of that. And same with Men's New Chapters. So those are the three groups highlighted this week. But stay tuned for the groups um, represented every Sunday. And if you have the next book, they're all listed there on one page, each group that'll be represented every Sunday. So uh, be sure to stick around in the gathering place after worship and learn more about those ministries. And later this afternoon at 4 o'clock, we are going to be hosting a special concert considering Matthew Shepard commemorating the 25th anniversary since his passing. And I know many of our musicians here at the church are going to be participating. If you're participating, will you raise your hand? You won't want to miss that later this afternoon at 4 o'clock. And then one week from today, October the 29th, we are going to be, for seasonal reasons, uh, being in two worship services on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock and at 11. And if you have children or grandchildren here at the church, during the 9 o'clock hour, we are hosting Sunday school and children's messages. So beginning this coming Sunday, October 29th, two worship services at 9 and at 11. And you 
also will not want to miss worship this coming Sunday, October 29th, because it is, of course, Music Gift Fun Sunday. And we are all going to be in for a treat this coming Sunday. I look forward to participating in it with you. And then one more announcement about an opportunity coming off in the distant future. Today we're going to be receiving four new members into the life of the church, 57 so far this year. Our church is growing. And we're going to be hosting an opportunity to study church growth in the early first century On Monday, October the 30th, I'll be reviewing the book by Alan Kreider, The Patient Ferment of the Early Church, and I look forward to discussing that book with all of you. Very interesting as to how it was that the early church grew so significantly. That's really really exciting, and that's um, on October 30th at 9 a.m., in, 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 L- in 104, so you want to be there. And next week, if you come at 10, you'll just be an hour early for worship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but try to join us at 9 or 11. There's lots going on in our church, so keep, keep those bulletins so that you can review them after you get home. Keep an eye on your emails. But for now, let us center our hearts as we prepare to worship God. Welcome to the community of faith, the family of God. We come seeking God's love. God's love is here for us. We come seeking to understand how we are connected to God. We abide in Christ Jesus in love and in compassion. May our spirits be renewed today and our connection to God be strengthened through our time together. I invite you to turn to your bulletins and join me in our prayer of invocation. Let us pray together. Living God, move among us and awaken us to your loving presence. When we lose our way and put our confidence in that which money can buy, call us back to you. Show us how to walk with steadfast faithfulness, following the path of Jesus Christ in our daily lives. As we come together to worship you this morning, remind us that you are the source of our ultimate joy and belonging. Amen. I invite you to join your hearts with mine in a spirit of prayer as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. Let us pray. Caesar, did you create the stars? Hurl them to the reaches of the universe? Did you issue rules that keep the planets in place? Can you make the blood course through our veins or craft an otter or a moonflower? Then you can keep your coins. They cannot buy what we need. Almighty God, it is your face we see in our world, our very selves, our breath and love. We owe every single thing to you. Claim it all. Claim each of us as your own. Redirect us when our loyalties are misplaced. Remind us that the things that matter, meaning, belonging, purpose, family, friends, a support system, joy, laughter, The feeling we get from helping someone, none of these things have to cost money. They all come from you, the source of our joy. 
This morning, holy and gracious God, many of us have fears and concerns weighing heavily on our hearts. We worry about the Middle East, all those caught in the violence, and how the conflict might escalate and draw more nations and more people into the spiral of violence and death. We pray for our lawmakers in Washington who seem to be in an endless gridlock. We lift up all of these communal prayers and our personal prayers into your care, knowing that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We thank you for all the communities we are a part of, how we experience your love through others, how the people in our lives nourish our spirits, and they remind us that there is so much more to life than Caesar's denarius. At the end of the day, it matters not how much we spent or how much we accumulated, but how much we loved, how much we cared for those in our orbit. Thank you for giving us everything we need to help bring about your realm on earth as it is in heaven. We offer this prayer in the name of your Son, Jesus, the risen Christ, who first taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This morning's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22. And if you'd like to follow along in your bulletins, you're welcome to. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with the truth and show deference to no one. For you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this and whose title? They answered, the emperors. Then he said to them, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperors and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed and they left him and went away. May God bless our modern hearing of this sacred story. As both the roads and the pews indicate, Many seasonal residents of Naples are back in town. And if you just arrived back in town and missed the big news of what's going on, let me share it with you. 
Approximately 10 days ago, something major happened on Fifth Avenue downtown. Late Sunday night into Monday morning, at 1.12 a.m., a large black bear was spotted strolling Fifth Avenue restaurants and looking into the windows of Fifth Avenue shops. This black bear ignited social media. Videos, pictures of the bear posted everywhere. The bear then traveled from Fifth Avenue and decided to hang out on someone's yacht downtown. Thankfully, the bear was caught and relocated. And as the local news was doing a story on this bear, there was a news reporter who approached a Fifth Avenue downtown high-end dress shop owner and was showing her on his phone what the bear was doing, looking into her shop at a dress that was on a $450 dress that was on a mannequin. And the shop owner just couldn't believe what she was seeing with her eyes. Her comment back to the reporter I thought was rather astute. She said, you know what? Even on Fifth Avenue, there are still some things that don't belong to Caesar. (laughs) And I said to myself, there's my sermon title in two weeks. For we walk into the story of Jesus having a conversation with the teachers of the law, and that is part of what he's teaching them. There are some things in our lives that don't belong to Caesar. You'll recall the story. The Pharisees were attempting to trap Jesus and asked him, do we have to pay taxes to Caesar? If Jesus responds, you don't have to pay taxes, well, then the Herodians are going to tell the Roman governor and Jesus could be executed for treason. If, however, Jesus said you do have to pay taxes, then Jesus would be deemed disloyal to his Israelite nation. And so there he is trying to deal with this pickle, and Jesus shares back with them, one of you, bring me a coin, bring me a coin. And Jesus then reveals that Caesar is on the coin, and that's when he issues the teaching that we all know rather well. We are supposed to render to God what belongs to God and render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And we're told in Matthew 21 that the Pharisees are absolutely amazed by Jesus' teaching. Which raises the question, why would they be amazed? For is it really just Jesus' teaching here that we too as churchgoers must pay our taxes every April 15th? I think that sometimes over the centuries, we have interpreted this scripture as, you know, our moral and ethical obligation to, yes, begrudgingly pay our taxes. And I suppose this scripture does teach that. But if that's the case, why would they be amazed? My sense is that the Pharisees were amazed, not because Jesus said, look, you've got to pay taxes, Rather, Jesus shared back with them something that was prophetically courageous. Namely, there are some things that don't belong to Caesar. Heaven, the presence of God, comes into our lives 
into the life of the church and into our world when we remember that there are various different blessings that come our way that are so good they cannot be measured, some things don't belong to Caesar. For when you think about it, when it comes to Caesar, Caesar really is the equivalent, Caesar's personality is to counting. Consider Caesar Augustus during the Christmas story that we read every year. Who is Caesar Augustus known for? What is he known for? The census. He puts out the census at Christmas time so that everyone can participate in his tax burden. Caesar equals census, that which can be counted. And no, this isn't the same Caesar being discussed in this text, but the the family lineage of personality is true. Caesar's face is on a coin. It is something that can be counted. What was it that mattered so much to Caesar? Whatever it was that could be assigned a numerical value, whatever could be monetized, whatever could be counted, that is what mattered to Caesar. Recently, many Bible commentaries have been trying to really get at the the roots of this Caesar personality. Uh, That matters of what can be counted. What can be counted is what matters. And in a Bible commentary that I read recently on this scripture, the Bible commentator was talking about a book in our day that perhaps illumines Caesar's personality. And, And maybe this is appropriate to speak about as we're just around the corner from the World Series. It is the book, if you're in the business world or if you appreciate baseball, by Michael Lewis entitled Moneyball. The book was actually made into an Oscar-nominated film starring Brad Pitt. And the book is about how a general manager of the Oakland Athletics, Billy Bean, decided to go about monetizing various different baseball players based only on statistics from previous seasons, and that based on those statistics, he could then develop a championship organization. Well, Bean came under a lot of criticism because there were many who felt that, you know, chemistry in the locker room was important or diving for a foul ball during a home game down eight runs would energize the fan base. Bean kind of overlooked the intangibles, perhaps, because for Bean, what it really boiled down to was a number. If you could count it, then it mattered. You know who would have loved Moneyball? None other than Caesar. I had an American Christianity professor in graduate school. His name was Grant Wacker at Duke Divinity School. And he used to always say, every movement needs a counter movement to give it some identity. Jesus is instituting the kingdom of heaven on earth. And the counter movement, if you ask my opinion, is precisely perfect. The counter movement is Caesar. What matters is what can be assigned a numerical value, what can be counted, what can be monetized. And for Jesus, what matters the most? Those things that cannot be assigned a numerical value. The things in our lives that are so special that they cannot receive a price tag or a number. What are those things in your life? Perhaps it's your relationship with God that sustains you and brings you hope. 
Or perhaps it's a family member, a spouse or a partner, someone you share a pew with this morning, a child, a grandchild, someone you love who's been there for you recently. Can you really assign a price tag to that or a number to how good it is? Or perhaps, as Pastor Angela alluded to in her prayer, it's something about God's creation, a sunset here in Naples, the stars, the beach. Can you really assign a numerical value to that? Or perhaps it's your place of service with those who who are in need or, or a place of service in the local community. And in your giving back, you receive rewards that you could never, ever monetize. You know, maybe, just maybe, Jesus was right. There are some things in our lives that don't belong to Caesar. And when it comes to those things that are so special that we cannot assign a numerical value to, we would be wise to acknowledge what they are, to live deeply into them, to be generous toward them, and to continue to walk in their direction. For when we do that, There is a heaven on earth that comes to our lives that is truly special. You know, scholars are um, interested in pointing out a detail about this text that you might find very interesting, maybe something that you've never heard before, and take it for, for what you will. But in Matthew chapter 21, some scholars say it is absolutely critical to note that Jesus did not have the coin on him. In other words, when Jesus is having this conversation with the Pharisees, Jesus has to say, you know that coin? Bring it to me. Hand it to me. In other words, because Jesus did not have that coin in his pocket, he may very well have been communicating back to them, you want to know what my kingdom is all about. It's all about that which cannot be monetized or inscripted on a coin. And why were the Pharisees amazed, you asked? I think in that moment when he did not have that coin, they looked at him like he was a black bear on fifth. (laughs) That under the shadow of the Roman Empire, right next door to Caesar, he was going to say, really and truly, I've got a kingdom here that cannot be quantified. I'll close with a final illustration that I heard some years ago in a famous Christmas Eve service by one of my favorite preachers. His name is Fred Craddock. And he was trying to get at this Caesar personality in the New Testament of what it means to value that which can be counted. And he was talking on Christmas time about, you know, Caesar equals census and Jesus equals compassion. And he used this metaphor, this analogy. He said, imagine it's Christmas Eve about one o'clock in the afternoon and you're stuck in the Chicago O'Hare airport. There's a snowstorm. And you cannot get home. And there you decide to approach the United Airlines ticket counter. And the person behind the ticket counter says, we don't have any flights to where you're going, but we can get you maybe somewhere nearby and somewhere later this evening. And you say back to the person behind the counter, well, what's it going to take? And the agent says, well, what are you willing to spend? And you consider what it is that you're going home to and you bring out your credit card and you say, whatever it takes. What if there are blessings in our lives so good that they cannot be monetized? 
teachers of the law, disciples, Naples UCC, acknowledge that which comes from God that is so good that it cannot be assigned a numerical value. Live into that. More heaven will come into your life. So go ahead. Render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But never forget that there are still some things that only belong to God. As you go from this place, may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warmly on your face. May the rain fall softly on your fields. And until we all meet again, may the Lord Jesus Christ hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. Go in peace.